Welcome to Spiritual Awareness with Pastor Davenport. If you're new to our broadcast, we are an Arizona 501c3 nonprofit prayer ministry. One part of Pastor Davenport Ministries, a spirit-filled, Bible-believing, beacon of light, a non-denominational ministry serving the Lord Jesus Christ, both from Gospel of Faith Church in Ash Fork, Arizona, as well as from the worldwide broadcast studio here in Fort Mojave, Arizona. We are now broadcasting to over 18 different countries, and we welcome you wherever you are in the sound of my voice today, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Today, I want to thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast. We broadcast twice each week on Wednesday and on Sundays, and uh, we present an exciting new message from God's Word, exploring a true meaning of spiritual awareness for today's churches and how it affects us in today's world. And boy, today's world is, is really wound up. You see, I believe that God has a spiritual awakening for each and every one of us. And I believe that He has a spiritual awakening for the churches of this world. Um, they really need to. They really need to hit their knees and begin to pray at the altar in each church for what's coming and, and, and see what God has in store for them, each church. So grab your Bible. We will be in Acts chapter 5, verse 28 this morning in our series, the 11th part of our 12-part series, Understanding the Authority of God, How to Deal with Evil People in Authority. Before we get there, We've been praying for several people uh, because that's what we are. We're prayer warriors, prayer partners, and shepherds of prayer. And we had you pray for James Ryan. And sadly, I bring you the news that on Monday, James Ryan um, went to be with the Lord. He passed and went to be with the Lord because of COVID-19. That that plague grabbed another soul. So we are saddened at his passing, but we rejoice that he knew the Lord Jesus Christ as his personal Savior and that he was a Christian. And we know that uh, he's, uh, he's in the kingdom of the Lord. Let us pray for all those that we've listed that need prayer, um, for Rose Rainey, um, for Romy, for Danny and Jeannie, um, for those uh, uh, that we've listed, for Brother Al and, and his family, um, for Kim and Dan, for just the so, there's so many. But let's just, God knows who you're praying, that we're praying for. Father, I pray this morning, according to Matthew 6:10, thy kingdom come. I'm looking for that soon coming of our Lord Jesus Christ today, even here and now. You, your children, upon this broadcast, yet disclosed, it's made clear what we what we shall be in the hereafter. But we now know that that when when He comes and it is manifested, we shall, as your children resemble and be like him for we shall see him just as he really is lord you you said that 
everyone who has his hope resting on him cleanses, purifies themselves just as he is pure, undefiled, guiltless. For our sin has been taken at Calvary. For the grace of God is unmerited favor and blessing has come forward and appeared for the deliverance from sin and and eternal salvation for all mankind, for all peoples, for all believers. It has trained us to, to reject and renounce all ungodliness and worldly passion desires to live discreet, temperate, self-controlled. I'm going to say that again. To live discreet, temperate, self-controlled, upright, devout, spiritually whole lives in this present world. And that's hard to do in this world today. But we await and looking for the fullness, the realization of our blessed hope in Jesus Christ. Even the glorious appearing of our, of our great Savior and Messiah, the Anointed One of God. The Bible says, For the Lord Himself, listen, For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together, caught up together with them in the clouds. I pray the family of our dear departed one is listening. As we pray this prayer, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. I thank you, Father, that the Lord shall come to this earth and all the holy ones, saints and angels with him. And the Lord shall be king over all this earth in that day. We shall be one with the Lord, and his name shall be one with us. The government shall be upon his shoulders. And Father, I thank you that we shall join with great voices in heaven, saying the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord Jesus Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever and ever. Amen. I pray for the family of Brother James Ryan. I pray for my son who struggles with telling my grandchildren that their other grandfather has passed from this world. And I pray, Lord, put upon him and memories of his childhood when he came to church and he learned about Jesus. He learned about you, God, and he learned about heaven. And he learned how one day we would all be together. And he could tell his, my grandchildren, they'll be with their grandfather one day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
Understanding the Authority of God. We're in part 11 of a 12-part series. How to deal with evil people and authority. A question was asked to me. Pastor, how do I deal with someone that's over the over my head? They're in authority and and I believe that they're they're, they're acting not in a Christian way. Where is the line of obedience when authority turns evil? My answer was this in Acts chapter 5 verse 28 saying, "Did not we straightly command you that we should not teach excuse me, in this name. And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than man. We ought to obey God rather than men. I often tell people, you need to do what's best for you. And when I say that, I mean you need to do what's best for you with what God tells you in his holy word. If you're going to do what is best for you, you get into his word, and then the Holy Spirit will guide you in what's best for you. And this is true. But this is worthy of a deeper answer. So today we examine the, 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 the very concept of a measured response to the authority when it's wrong. So here's a principle for a lifetime. Write it down. Here is a principle for a lifetime. Submission is absolute, but obedience is relative. Submission is absolute, but obedience is relative. That sounds like a false doctrine, doesn't it? Let me explain it. Submission is a matter of attitude, whereas obedience is a matter of conduct. Peter and John were brought before the council. They were angry at a miracle that they had done. In Acts chapter 4, verse 13, I'll give you a moment. Acts chapter 4, verse 13. Turn to it, please. <clears throat> it's only 101 in the studio today. <clears throat> now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled. And they took knowledge of them, and they had been with Jesus. And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do with these men? For that indeed a notable miracle hath been done by them in the manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered, and they said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God...
to hearken unto you more than unto God. Judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people, for all men, for all men, for all mankind, if you will, glorified God for that which was done. Their spirit was not rebellious, though their actions seemed to be. They acknowledged, they acknowledged the authority of the council and was mindful of it. But, but obedience cannot be absolute. You know, we talk about we talk about the confusion between the word a rioter and a protester in this country today. And sometimes the acknowledgement of the authority of the uh, of the law must be mindful of it but obedience cannot be absolute when people say okay your protest is now a riot who makes that judgment we in this country have the right to protest that's our absolute right by law And but to be obedience to that law cannot be absolute. We can we cannot when they say, okay, you protest, but you cannot do this, you cannot do that. We must it must it, our obedience cannot be absolute because when we go into protest and they tell us we cannot protest this thing or that thing, that's wrong. Do you remember your mom asking, well, would you do it if they told you to jump off a bridge? Do you remember that saying? Because you did this at school or you did that at school? Teaching balance to a young person here is difficult in today's world. Mom and dad, I'm giving you the answer today. Listen closely. In general, authorities are to be obeyed. But some authorities cannot be obeyed, particular when in reference to Christian principles. I want you to remember Acts 15. They all put their two cents worth into the conversation, but then they submitted to James when he said, My sentence is this. Then pleased it the apostles and the elders with the whole church. In other words, everyone submitted. The point is this. It does us well to remember person's authority when you approach someone. The authority of God is absolute, but ours is not. Delegation of authority has its limitations. When the council told them they could not preach in Jesus' name, they kept their spirit submitted. When the government said all churches will close, we chose not to close. At Gospel of Faith Church, we stayed open. And we did not have one COVID case. When the council told them they could not preach in Jesus' name, they kept their spirit submitted. But the council did not have the authority to mandate that. The disciples were not mouthy. They were not arrogant. They they did not rob the, the stores in, in, during the protest. They did not, you know, they did not burn down the buildings. 
They simply went through the process and kept preaching the word of God with a calm resolve. If you're going to protest in this country, you need a calm resolve. If you're going to protest in this country, you need Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit with you when you protest with a calm resolve. They did not quarrel. They did not shout. It was a quiet dissent. Are you listening to me? If you're going to protest, protest with Jesus, uh, protest with the Holy Ghost, uh, go in for a protest. If I mean, if you're going to protest, and we have a lot to protest about right now in this country, go in and protest with a calm resolve. No quarreling, no shouting, no cussing, no carrying on like a banshee. It's quiet dissent. We protest what we want to protest. In Acts chapter 23, verse 1, And Paul earnestly beholding the council said, Men and brethren, I have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. And the high priest Ananias commanded them and stood by him to smite him on the mouth. Then said Paul unto him, God shall smite thee, thou whitened wall. But sittest thou to judge me after the law, and commanded me to be smitten contrary to the law. And they that stood by said, Revilest thou God's high priest. Then said Paul, I wist not, brethren, that he was the high priest, for it is written, Thou shalt not speak evil of the ruler of thy people. Even Paul was convicted for losing his temper with a high priest. One who has revelation of authority will be soft-hearted, not harsh. I want to say that again. One who has revelation of authority of God will be soft-hearted, not harsh. This is a life fact. Sometimes, sometimes, God-delegated authority will conflict with God's direct authority. In other words, a person can render submission, but not obedience. Do you get that? Obedience is related to conduct. It is relevant. Submission is related to the heart. To the heart. It is absolute. Only God gets absolute, unqualified obedience. Anyone lower, anyone lower than that gets qualified obedience. Should a leader give an order contrary to God's order? He is the given submission, but not obedience. If put into position to choose between God or man, we must, we must choose God. I'd like you to look at some examples of this very principle that I'm speaking of this morning. Midwives and Moses' mother both disobeyed Pharaoh, but were women of faith. They were women of faith. In Exodus chapter 1, verse 16, and he said, When ye do the office of the midwife to the Hebrew women, 
and see them upon the stools. If it be a son, then he shall kill him. But if it be a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God and did not, as the king of Egypt commanded then, but saved the men children's lives. And the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said unto them, Why have ye done this thing and have saved the men children's lives? And the midwife said unto Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women, for they are lively and are delivered ere the midwives come into them. Therefore God dealt with <coughs> well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and waxed very mighty. And it came to pass, because the midwives feared God, that he made them houses. Of course, in the original text, in Acts chapter 5, verse 29, then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. I'm going to repeat that. In Acts chapter 5, verse 29, then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. There are many times in your lifetime you will have to make these kind of decisions in your life. Often, and you may, you may have to hurt someone's feelings. You know, in, in my lifetime, I had to make decisions that, that hurt my mother and my, and my father's fe feelings. My father was a Mormon, and when I, when I began this ministry, uh, I, I was ordained in the Pentecostal faith, and that hurt my father very much. But I had to obey God rather than men, meaning my father, because he had me, he wanted me in the Mormon faith. My mother, on the other hand, said, you belong to God. You have to follow your heart and follow what Christ says in your heart. And Daniel disregarded the command not to pray. Daniel 6 and 9, Wherefore King Darius signed the writing and the decree. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into the house, and his windows being opened in his chamber, toward, uh, he, he looked towards Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day, and he prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Jo Joseph took a baby, uh, the baby Jesus, to Egypt. In Matthew 2 and 12, And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeareth to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, and take that young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt, and be thou there until I bring thee word. For Herod will seek a young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother and by night and departed into Egypt. In Daniel 3.16, there's three Hebrew men that would not bow down and worship a statue. That's in Daniel 3.16. Shadrach, Meshach, uh, and Abednego answered and they said unto the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this manner. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fire, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image 
which thou hast set. You know, folks, sometimes you just have to take a stand in your faith. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Somebody lift your hands to heaven and shout amen. <clears throat> These three are sitting there. The, the, the furnace has been turned up seven times hotter than it normally is. And Nebuchadnezzar goes over to the edge and he looks in. And even when they put him in, the soldiers that put him in burn him up, burned up instantly. But not a, not a singe mark on these three. And he says, look, there's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But wait, there's a fourth in the burning furnace that looks like the Son of God. The reason there's so many weak saints is because their Christianity has not cost them anything yet in hebrews eleven thirty six, and others had trial had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings yea moreover of bonds and imprisonment they were stoned they were sawn asunder they were tempted were slain with a sword they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins being destitute afflicted tormented tortured of whom the world was not worthy they wandered in the deserts in the mountains and in dens and caves of the earth and these all having obtained good report through faith received not the promise can your experience with god and love for god walk you through this stuff through the trials and tribulations of this life what about an unsaved husband or an unsaved wife? In 1 Corinthians chapter or 7 through 12, but to rest and speak, I not the Lord, if thy brother hath a wife that believeth not, and she is pleased to dwell with him, let him not put her away. And the woman which hath a husband that believeth not, and if he be pleased to dwell with her, let her not leave him. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Else were your children unclean, but now are they holy. If a husband asks something of a Christian wife that is not her choosing, she should obey until that point of sin. Likewise, children must obey as long as their request is not against God's word. God will deliver out of these situations if you will take a stand. If you will take a stand. The same principle works at school or on the job. Stand up for Jesus. Glory to God. We must in these days, in 2021, we must stand up for Jesus. In Romans chapter 1, verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also unto the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed through the faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. You see, God is calling us to courage. Like Ben Franklin said, if we don't hang together, we most assuredly will hang separately. Martyrdom was the majesty of the early church. Let us not be weak, 
brothers and sisters, prayer partners, prayer warriors, shepherds of prayer, let us not be weak in these end time days. Look at what's happening in the world today. Some people look and say, oh my, look how wonderful things are going. I look at today's world and say, yes, he's on his way. He's taken the first step. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8, Be thou not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but be thou partakers of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which has given us in Christ Jesus before the world began but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who hath ab abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Whereunto I am appointed a preacher, that an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles, for the, the which cause I will also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed for I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against the day. Hold fast the form that sounds words, which thou hast heard in me, in faith and love, which is Christ Jesus. The good thing which was committed unto thee, keep by the Holy Ghost, which dwelleth in us. This Thou knoweth that all they which in, are in Asia be turned away from me, of whom are Felgens and Hermogenes. The Lord give mercy upon the house of Onephorus. You know I don't do well with words. For he ought refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. But when he was in Rome, he sought me out very diligently and found me. The Lord grant unto him that he may find mercy of the Lord in the day, and how many things he ministered unto me in, in Ephesus. Thou knowest very well. Excuse me, I had to have some water after that long reading. In Hebrews 12 and 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Are you listening? Despising the shame, and it set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 3, For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not yet resisted unto the blood striving against sin. You know, my friends, with that, let me stop for just a moment. I want to talk to you about your prayer life. You know, it is, it is through when you pray. In Exodus chapter 12, verse 13, and, and you'll get a lot of this this Sunday. And the blood shall be, in, be to you for a token upon the house where ye are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. When we pray, 
I want you to pray pleading the blood of Jesus over the person you're playing for. Leviticus 8 and 30. And Moses took of the anointing oil and of the blood which was upon the altar and sprinkled it upon Aaron and upon his garments and upon his son and upon his son's garments and him and sanctified Aaron in his garments and his son and his son's garments with him. When we pray, pray the pleading of the blood of Christ. When we are praying or singing or worship or preaching, it is the key element of spiritual revival. There, there must be a, a mindset of revival always in our minds when we're praying. And then claim the blood of Jesus over the person you're praying for. It's important. It, it, it manifests your prayer life so much more. And then I want you to pray and claim the blood of Jesus over the person. Psalms 19, verse 13 and 14. Keep back thy servant also from uh, presumption sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright and I shall be innocent from the great transgressions let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. If the blood of Jesus Christ has been applied to your life, then you have to, to trust in the mercy of God. We can, you can hide in the blood of, uh, of Christ. It will keep you from unrighteousness. It will forgive you of the presumption of sins. Don't let wickedness have dominion over you. Never let, the, never let you step aside of the, of the laws of God. And then finally, uh, as we speak of this in, in, in today's message, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 16, I want you to mark that in your Bible. If, you're, if, you're Barbara, if your Bible's uh, too holy to mark in, get another Bible. Uh, get a study Bible. In Hebrews chapter 4, Four, verse 14 through 16, God doesn't mind you marking in your Bible. Trust me, because you're learning his words. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 and 16, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our professions. Now I'm talking not only to you out there today, listeners, but especially I'm talking to my Celebrate Recovery class that I'm hoping is listening at this time. He says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Now, in our lesson today in Colossians 3.15, and let the peace of God rule in your heart to which also we are called in one body, and be ye thankful. See, one of the problems is we, we, we let, our, we let our, 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 our flesh lead our lives instead of letting the peace of God come over us and let that lead our lives. Let God lead your life. In Romans 1 and 21, you know the, why the church is told to remain thankful? Because that when they know God, they glorify Him, not as God. Neither were thankful. They didn't do that. They became vain in their, in, in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. They were unthankful. 
But today you can become thankful. And because you know God, and because you glorify God in your praise, in your worship, in your prayer time, in your walk with Christ, you are praising God. Wives, it says, submit yourself unto your own husband as it is fit in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Servants, obey in all things your masters according to their flesh. Not with eye service and men pleasures, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. In other words, we answer to our bosses or our supervisors or those that are over us in authority to the point once he crossovers and tells us to go against the will of God, we stop there. So how can we tell if somebody is obedient in authority in their life? How do I tell when I speak to someone that they are under the authority of God? Once a person had has had authority revealed, he or she will look for it everywhere in life to see it. A person who has met authority will be soft-hearted, not harsh. They're not afraid to be wrong. Truly obedient people are afraid of making a, 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 an error. Therefore, they don't usually go around wanting to be in authority. They're humble before God. They don't walk around with a, with a word from the Lord for everyone, quick to counsel. When they walk up to two or three people who are speaking, they'll listen for a moment and they'll say, oh, I have a word from God. That's not, that's not somebody under the authority of the Lord. A person under authority learns discretion. They keep their mouth closed. They don't speak carelessly. A person gets sensitive to the rebellion around them. Only a truly submitted person can lead others to submission. Anything else is fake. In the church, there's very little outward obedience, but rather inward obedience. So here's my wish for the church. Paul said it best in closing. Ephesians 4 and 1. Ephesians 4 and 1. Do you have it? You know, if you go on the website, if you don't have a good Bible, we have a Bible there. It helps the ministry. I therefore... The prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. 
But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Jesus Christ. Wherefore he saith when he ascended upon high, he led captive, captive, captivity, captive, excuse me, and gave gifts unto men. And that he ascended. What is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. He that descended is the same also that ascended upon up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the perfection or perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God into the perfect mankind and to measure of the statute of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slate of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. This is the time. This is the time that you become an overcomer for Christ by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. This is the time, my friends, that you, you, you receive and you multiply the grace and the mercy of God in your life. We need to plead the blood of Jesus over this country and around the world, wherever you are. This is the time we need to seriously hit our knees or whatever you do, stand, kneel, and pray and plead the blood of Jesus over this country. 1 Peter chapter 12, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you, and peace be multiplied. One of the most difficult things is to understand is that we cannot save ourselves no matter how well geared my performance may be, I will never be good enough to save myself or others. It is by the grace of God that they are saved or I am saved. That is why we need to be multiplied mercy and the grace of God. For it is by the grace of God they are saved. We need to plead the blood so that we will become perfected in the presence of Almighty God. Hebrews 1320, now the, the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in the sight through Jesus Christ, to whom the glory, the glory forever and ever and ever. Amen. When we are doing his will with our prayer ministry, with the church in Ashford, there is an incredible perfection 
that comes to every humble servant of the Lord. To have a boldness, a boldness to enter into the presence of God. We need to plead the blood so that we can boldly enter into the presence of God in our prayer life. Be bold. Plead the blood. Claim the blood of Jesus Christ in your prayers. For truly, truly, that is what God hears. Every prayer that goes up must be a prayer under the umbrella of the blood of Jesus. He hears your prayers of the righteous. Become that righteous prayer warrior. In Jesus' name, we pray that today. As we close out today, I know sometimes these are shorter, sometimes they're longer, sometimes I'm I'm filled with the spirit of sounds like, and sometimes not because it. I think it's more of the heat. Today I want to talk, or, or I want to, let me rephrase it. Today I want to pray as we close out today's session, part eleven, and next week is is, is the last part twelve. Then I believe we're going to start into the book of Corinthians, our study. But I want to pray. Um, lately, I've had quite a few come, and and they're, they're just burdened down. The cares of this world have got them down. I know in my celebrate recovery class, uh, I've got a couple that are just they're, they're they're just their shoulders are drooping. They're so heavy laden with with cares for this world. So I'd like to close today with a special prayer um, for Ray and John, and and uh, now for James's family because they're having to go through it. For Brother Al, I know he's worried, just worried so much about Romy. Uh, we prayed at the beginning for a healing prayer for them. Uh, so today, I want to just pray for the families of those that that are uh, that we pray for. Um, you know. Uh, I forgot to add in Pastor Lynn. Pastor Lynn was had gone to Oregon to take his grandson back, and came back, and he's in. Uh, he missed Sunday services. He's he's quite sick. So I want to pray for Pastor Lynn. We really need him in our church. You know, um, I'm I'm spirit filled, spirit led, um, and and uh, Pastor Lynn is he, he teaches a, a, a really good. He, he does a really good sermon. He te- he's more of a teacher. And, but he's more resigned than I am, and I and I, I I want that in our church so that so that folks that come can can listen both sides, and, and they can you know if they if they think oh, Pastor Damport's just a little bit too excited for me, I, I'd rather have somebody more resigned. They they can come and, and listen to Pastor Lynn the week after I'm there, and uh, so it gives contrast to our church, and uh, I praise the Lord for Pastor Lynn. And I hope he, uh, I hope he gets better soon. So I wanted to pray this prayer as we close out today. You know, the Lord says, "Why are thou cast down?" Or the Bible says, "Why are you cast down, O my inner soul? And why should you moan over me and be disquieted within me?" Now this is a, this is the uh, 
the new inter international version. Father, you set yourself against the proud and the haughty, but give grace continually unto the humble. Therefore, I pray that we would submit ourselves, therefore, to you, God, in the name of Jesus. And we would resist the devil, because you say that if we resist the devil, he will flee from us. So we resist the cares and we pray in the church to take that pressure from me daily. Except the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who built it. Jesus, I come to you today for I labor and am heavy laden. And I pray that, that you're praying this prayer with me. For it is you, Lord God, that will cause us to rest. You will ease and relieve and refresh their souls. Let them take up your yoke upon you. And let them learn of you. For you are gentle, meek, you are humble, lowly in heart, and they will find rest. I pray, Lord God, that you would relieve, ease, and refresh, and re-creation, uh, and bless quietness upon their souls. For your yoke is whole, wholesome, it's easy, not harsh. Not hard, not sharp, not pressing, but comfortable, gracious, and pleasant. And your burden, Lord God, is light unto them and easy to be borne. I pray, Lord God, that they would cast their burdens upon you, releasing that weight that is upon their shoulders, ease their mind, and knowing that you would sustain them. I pray that they would thank you it would never allow them consistently righteous to be moved, made to slip or fall or fail. In the name of Jesus, let them withstand the devil when he comes against them. Let them be firm in their faith against every onset, rooted, established, strong, immovable, and determined. Let them cease from the weariness and the pain of this human labor that is surrounding them right now, with all the, 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 the zealousness, exert themselves and strive diligently to enter into the rest of God, to know the experience for themselves. Father, I thank you for your presence right here upon me today on this, as, as I put this broadcast out in the world. I pray, Lord God, that you give me rest. I am still in my soul, and I rest in you, O Lord God. I pray that prayer today for those that are there, those that are out there, those that work, those that are don't that, that are, are so worried about their loved ones. I pray you, you would come upon them 
for James's family, Lord, I pray that we must grieve. That is that that's what you put inside of us. We grieve for our loss. But I pray that they 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 understand. Yes, it was an untimely death. But James was a Christian man. He knew Jesus. And I pray, Lord God, that that the family, and I know that Susan also was a Christian, I pray that the family grieves and through Jesus, through Jesus, you would ease their pain. And as a family, maybe they would come together in Christ and return to the church. I know they went to Pastor Cox's church. I pray they would return to their church let Jesus take that pain away. For the Bible truly says that one day we will be together in glory. With that, may the Lord bless you, keep you, make his face to shine upon you. In Jesus' name, remember, we plead the blood of Christ upon each and every person we pray for. We claim the blood and we go boldly before the throne of God. I pray for each and every one of you that listen to this broadcast. I thank Jesus that you were with us today. Now may I say, under the umbrella of God and the blood of our Savior, Go in peace. Have a great week. In Jesus' name I pray. His blessings upon you. As we close out today, I know sometimes these are shorter, sometimes they're longer, sometimes I'm... I'm filled with the spirit it sounds like and sometimes not because it I think it's more like of the heat. Today I want to talk or or I want to, let me rephrase it. Today I want to pray as we close out today's session part 11 and next week is is, is the last part 12. Then I believe we're going to start into the book of Corinthians our study. But I want to pray um lately I've had quite a few come and and they're, they're just burdened down. The cares of this world have got them down. I know in my Celebrate Recovery class, I've got a couple that are just, they're, they're, they're just, their shoulders are drooping. They're so heavy laden with, with cares of this world. So I'd like to close today with a special prayer um, for Ray and John and, and uh, now for James's family because they're having to go through it for Brother Al. I know he's worried, just worried so much about Romy. Uh, we prayed at the beginning for a healing prayer for them. Uh, so today I want to just pray for the families of those that that are, are that we pray for. Um, you know, uh, I forgot to add in Pastor Lynn. Pastor Lynn was, had gone to Oregon to take his grandson back and came back and he's in uh, he missed Sunday services he's he's quite sick so I want to pray for Pastor Lynn we really need him in our church you know um 
I'm I'm spirit filled, spirit led, um, and and uh, Pastor Lynn is he, he teaches a, a really good. He, he does a really good sermon. He te- he's more of a teacher, and but he's more resigned than I am. And I and I I, I want that in our church so that so that folks that come can can listen both sides and, and they can you know if they if they think oh. Pastor Danport's just a little bit too excited for me. I, I'd rather have somebody more resigned. They they can come and, and listen to Pastor Lynn the week after I'm there, and uh, so it gives contrast to our church. And uh, I praise the Lord for Pastor Lynn, and I hope he uh, I hope he gets better soon. So I wanted to pray this prayer as we close out today. You know the Lord says, "Why are thou cast down?" Or the Bible says, "Why are?" You cast down, O oh, my inner soul. And why should you moan over me and be disquieted within me? Now, this is a, this is the uh, the new inter- international version. Father, you set yourself against the proud and the haughty, but give grace continually unto the humble. Therefore, I pray that we would submit ourselves. Therefore, to you, God, in the name of Jesus. And we would resist the devil because you say that if we resist the devil, he will flee from us. So we resist the cares and we pray in the church to take that pressure from me daily. Except the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who built it. Jesus, I come to you today, for I labor and am heavy laden. And I pray that that you're praying this prayer with me. For it is you, Lord God, that will cause us to rest. You will ease and relieve and refresh their souls. Let them take up your yoke upon you. And let them learn of you. For you are gentle, meek. You are humble, lowly in heart. And they will find rest. I pray, Lord God, that you would Relieve, ease, and refresh, and recreation, uh, and bless quietness upon their souls. For your yoke is whole, wholesome. It's, it's easy, not harsh, not hard, not sharp, not pressing, but comfortable, gracious, and pleasant. And your burden, Lord God, is light unto them and easy to be borne. I pray, Lord God, that they would cast their burdens upon you, releasing that weight that is upon their shoulders, ease their mind, and knowing that you would sustain them. I pray that they would thank you. They would never allow them consistently righteous to be moved may just slip or fall or fail. In the name of Jesus, let them withstand the devil when he comes against them. 
Let them be firm in their faith against every onset, rooted, established, strong, immovable, and determined. Let them cease from the weariness and the pain of this human labor that is surrounding them right now with all the, 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 the zealousness exert themselves and strive diligently to enter into the rest of God, to know the experience for themselves. Father, I thank you for your presence right here upon me today on this, as, as I put this broadcast out in the world. I pray, Lord God, that you give me rest. I am still in my soul, and I rest in you, O Lord God. I pray that prayer today for those that are there, those that are out there, those that work, those that are don't that, that are, are so worried about their loved ones. I pray you, you would come upon them. For James's family, Lord, I pray that we must grieve. That is that that's what you put inside of us. We grieve for our loss. But I pray that they 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 understand. Yes, it was an untimely death. But James was a Christian man. He knew Jesus. And I pray, Lord God, that, that the family, and I know that Susan also was a Christian, I pray that the family grieves and through Jesus, through Jesus, you would ease their pain. And as a family, maybe they would come together in Christ and return to the church. I know they went to Pastor Cox's church I pray they would return to their church and let Jesus take that pain away. For the Bible truly says that one day we will be together in glory. With that, may the Lord bless you, keep you, make his face to shine upon you. In Jesus' name, Remember, we plead the blood of Christ upon each and every person we pray for. We claim the blood and we go boldly before the throne of God. I pray for each and every one of you that listen to this broadcast. I thank Jesus that you were with us today. Now may I say, under the umbrella of God and the blood of our Savior. Go in peace. Have a great week. In Jesus' name I pray. His blessings upon you.